Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bold Ambition Podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Melanie Ann Lair, and she is a phenomenal coach. And I was so excited to have her on because not only is she the queen of celebration, but we talked a lot about um, pushing your limits and finding out what you're capable of. And she is someone who speaks so beautifully on this because she has lived it and breathed it and she knows exactly what it feels like to walk through it. And so one of the things that I took away from today's episode was how powerful it is when you finally just step into it, you release that how, as like we said on the episode with Shauna Ann, but we also just... We quit using time as an excuse. We quit using all of these other things that are outside sources as an excuse. And we finally decide that we're going to be this powerful woman and step into that. And then we just go for it and see what happens. Because when you're following those nudges, you're following your intuition, you're never being led astray. And so it's a gorgeous place to be. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let me know what you're loving over on Instagram. You can tag me in your Instagram stories at Mindy L. Hancock, um, or you can also join me in on Facebook at Mindy Hancock or inside my free community, The Busy Babe. So I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Melanie is magic. She is amazing and you are going to love it. So I'll see you inside. I'm Mindy Hancock, Mindset and Life Coach, and you're listening to the Bold Ambition Podcast. This podcast is a high-vibe, expansive space for the bold, ambitious, badass, whatever-it-takes woman. Settle in. Let's do this thing. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Bold Ambition Podcast. I am so excited because today I have a very special guest. Her name is Melanie, and I am just over the moon to have you here, Melanie. So welcome. Thank you. Um, so guys, those of you that do not know Melanie Ann Lair, first of all, you need to. She is like the queen of all things abundance and pushing the limits and she just like I love seeing how you embody this woman that you are coaching your clients to be and so you are who you are coaching your clients to be and it's just a beautiful thing and I love watching all that you're doing and so I'm going to start off by just asking you can you tell our list tell my listeners who who you are what's your story so they can get to know a little bit more about you Yes. So right now, if I were to give you like a still shot of who I am in my life, I'm a digital nomad. I just got engaged to the most fantastic man on the entire planet. And I am so excited about it. Uh, I am running a incredibly amazing, successful coaching company. My brand is called Alpha Femme. So I work with women on um, basically the three big ones, sex, money, and power. So we talk about relationships, business, and mindset. And these are three most important pillars that I focus on with my clients. Um, we, so I, when I started, it wasn't always an easy journey for me. I actually uh, was in sales when I was younger, but I never really had anything great going for me. I was just more like selling stuff with no life purpose attached to it. And I had this like dark night of the soul moment in my life where everything just crashed and burned. I broke up with my boyfriend I'd been with for seven years, ended up living in my car, went bankrupt and lost absolutely everything when I was 25. So between ages 25 and 30, which I am now, I now make, I mean, I can't even believe the words I'm going to say that like I've been able to make up to $50,000 in a day when I wasn't even making $50,000 in a year in my best year ever before my bankruptcy. So it's like the shift has been exponential. It has been um, incredible and it's been growing from this place of like destitution and awfulness to being okay, to going from okay to good and then good to great and then great to fantastic and then fantastic to outstanding. And now I'm like standing on the edge of outstanding, like, oh, and that's where I am right now. So that's kind of, that's kind oh of, my, oh my gosh. 
So like it gets to be this good, like it just keeps getting better and it's able to get better. And I love that you portray that and you show that that is, that is possible. And you show that to not only your clients, but everyone who just loves to soak up everything that you give to us, um, on your, in your social media, you know, like we, we love that. So I'm going to jump right into pushing limits and I want you to, I know that you've been traveling on one of the most gorgeous incredible trips ever. Like I was just living vicariously through you, through you and all of your pictures. It was so gorgeous. Um, but you were all over Europe and can you tell me how you pushed the limits and made that happen? So I heard this sentence that made so much sense to me and I still live by it. Jim Rohn said, the bigger, the why, the easier, the how. Basically, if the reason why you're doing something is big enough, it makes how you do it seem so easy. For example, if you are in a burning building and someone tells you like, or, or you're standing next to a burning building and someone tells you, you got to climb the fence and go into the burning building, I'll give you 20 bucks. Like that? I don't know. No. But if you're standing outside the burning building and the person you love most than anything in the whole world is in that building... You don't need anybody to tell you anything. You're, you're finding a way into that to go save the person you love. So what is the reason why? What is your purpose? Why do you do this stuff? And one of the things I've always wanted was to be, I'm a very generous person. I always have been. Even when I had nothing, I gave everything I had. But I've always wanted to be able to create extraordinary things for the people I love. And one of the people that I love to spoil more than anything in the world is my little sister. She's six years younger than me, but when, when she was born, we even still have a video. I'm six years old. She doesn't even have like neck strength yet. I'm holding her in my arms. We're sitting on the bed and I'm just looking at her and I'm like, wow. And oh. my dad's like, do you love your little sister? Oh, yes. When I'm, when I'm a big girl, I, I'm going to spend all my money on her. Oh. <laughs> my sister was watching home videos with my family last year and she like filmed it with her phone and sent it to me and she was like this is integrity <laughs> because I'm always spoiling her and being like every I just want to give her everything so last Christmas I my business was doing extraordinarily well and I decided I didn't want to give normal gifts to my family I wanted to give something that was going to really stand out so I gave everybody life experiences uh, Kevin and I took my family, my mom and dad to Toronto and treated them like they were little kids. Like, do you want this? Do you want this? We're going here. We're going to go there. Like they were just like little kids in a candy store. Oh. Um, my brother and his girlfriend, a little getaway of like five-star restaurants and all the things. And my sister was single at the time. So I gave her a pin and a globe. And I said, you stick the pin where you want to go and I'm taking you. But my life kept getting exponentially better. My business kept growing even more and more and more. So it ended up not being one location. It ended up being like this Euro tour because it was like, do we want to go to the French Riviera? Do we want to go to the Amalfi Coast? Do we want to go to Spain? And then when we saw how close they were on the map, I was like, we could do all of it. So this one week, wherever you want to go in the world gift turned into a 21 days Euro tour extravaganza in Europe. And it, it just became like, I wanted to show her what was possible. I can't explain the feeling, but it was like, of course I was doing it for me because listen, I was sleeping in five-star hotels, eating as far five-star meals, getting service, like the most extraordinary service of my life. But the look on her face, it was like, I wanted to show her what was possible in every moment. And the trip escalated, like it just kept getting better and better. We got to Paris. I took her on a shopping spree. I got everything she wanted from Paris. And it was just this feeling of like, we're, we're starting this off in style. Like you're going to have the trip of, of your life. And every hotel just kept getting progressively better. I rented a helicopter to take us to Monaco. Like I, Just watching them put our, our luggage into the helicopter. Because I've done helicopter tours before, but they kind of just, you know, one hour and then you come back. But this was like, they were hauling our, our stuff into it. It was a six-person helicopter. It was just me and her uh, just flying from Ken to Saint-Tropez. And then when we left Saint-Tropez, got another one to go from Saint-Tropez to Monaco, so two helicopter rides. And just like the, the vibes were insane. And then next thing I knew, I was renting a private jet. And we were flying from uh, Ibiza to, to Positano in a, a private jet. And then I chartered a boat, Capri. Like, it was just nonstop. But it's like once you've seen what you're capable of, it unlocks a new level. 
Mm. So the biggest thing I've realized, and I call this innovation at the speed of thought, but it's like when you sit and you think about things and you try to figure things out in your head, you're never going to figure it out as fast as if you go and do it. If you go do it, you're immediately going to see what worked, what didn't work. You're going to get to recalibrate immediately and it's going to open a new level. So if it does work, you're like, okay, now I'm going to do this. If it doesn't work, you're going to know how to fix it. So you learn a lot more in doing. And that's what this trip was. I hadn't planned it in advance. We just went and I booked the flights as I went and I booked the hotels as I went. And it just kept getting more exponentially epic until this became like the trip of, I, I just can't even express this trip. It was ridiculous. Oh my gosh. It, I mean, just the pictures. I mean, when the pictures and the videos I, I have seen, it was, gosh, the epic. Yeah, I mean, that is like one word that I could describe it like luxurious, epic. Like it, it just looked amazing. Um, I want to kind of, I wanted to touch on that first because it was, it's something that is very recent and very like, especially for those that follow you on social media, like they're going to, they've seen some of that. I just wanted you to talk about it, but I am going to go backwards just a tad. Um, well, it might not be just a tad, but, um, I wanted to ask you for everyone who doesn't really know you. Um, and this is the first time that they are getting to hear you talk about pushing limits. When was the first time that you felt like you did that, that the first time that you just decided I'm going to push the limits and I'm going to see what I can do. What, what comes to mind? What event comes to mind? My gosh, there are so many. I've done this over and over again. I actually think I built this entire thing on pushing limits. Like the big ones that I remember are when I, I bought tickets to Tony Robbins in London and I had, I didn't have the money for, for the program. I didn't have money for the flights. I didn't have money for the accommodations when I bought it. And it was just like watching my life transform as it needed to fit this new decision. Mm. It, was, it was such a cool thing. Because when I said yes, I didn't have it. And then they kept badgering me for payments. And I was like, ah! But I made it work somehow. And it just kind of worked. So that was a really big one, I think. But the biggest time I pushed it was when I was living in my car. Mm. I had a friend of mine that called me. She was having a hard time in her relationship. And she was telling me all about her relationship. And when I broke up with my boyfriend at the time, I was so heartbroken um, and I was really mad and I was definitely not the enlightened version of myself that I am now, but I had Googled how to make your ex-boyfriend cry in my phone. <laughs> and what I had found was this program instead that was like, have the relationship you want. And I was so embarrassed with myself. I was like, why aren't I Googling that? Why aren't I trying to find the relationship I want instead of trying to make this guy pay for it? So I immersed myself in relationship coaching. This is one of the times I pushed the envelope big time because I had no money at all, like no money whatsoever. I, I had whatever was left in my gas tank and I was just like rationing the gas so my feet didn't freeze. I was sleeping in my car in a parking lot in Canada in the winter time. Like it was really bad. And I, I found this coaching program. It was like $500 or something. And I wanted to buy it so badly, but I didn't have any money. My credit cards were maxed out. Like there was nothing. And I don't know what pushed me to do it, but I put my credit card numbers in it anyway, even though my card had been declined everywhere and it went through. So like on an overmaxed out over credit card when I'm not eating and I'm sleeping in a car, I, I bought a $500 coaching program. That was pushing the freaking envelope. Uh, yes, but I would say so. <laughs> that information got me in a different mind space. So when my friend called me a few weeks later with problems, I knew all this information from binge listening to this training. And she was like, you are really good at this. You should be a coach. And I was like, what's that? And she was like, it's like a, like Tony Robbins, but for one person at a time, you know, like one, and I was like, oh my gosh, right. I don't even know where I would start. And I kind of Googled it and I, I just read how much money coaches could make. And I was like, but I knew nothing about the coaching industry. I wasn't on Facebook the way I am now. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know coaches existed as a thing. So in my life, in my world, there was like me, Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, and that was it. There was us, no one else. We were the only group <laughs> in the world. So, you know, I, I started this journey and I just basically told my friend who said I was excellent. I said, I'm going to do this coaching thing. But, I, you know, I was sleeping in my car. I didn't feel very proud of myself at all. I was just like, look, the only thing is you don't tell people what my name is. You don't tell them anything about me. You tell them it's $100 for an hour. I'll give you a PayPal link. They sign up. You give me their phone number and I'm going to call them. So I was doing it almost like hitch. Like, uh, anonymous. Wow. Yes. Like, just completely invisibly. And that's how I built my business. Like I changed my life out of the front seat of my car. 
doing this from a program that I bought on a maxed out credit card. Like it's always been pushing the envelope. That's what it's been the whole time. And yeah, now that there's, there's more abundance and there's more flexibility and fun and freedom. Sure. It's amazing. But the first month I hit a six figure month, I spent $50,000 on a coach cash. So it's like, I'm always going for that edge that keeps me on my toes because I know the minute I'm comfortable, I'm no longer qualified to help people through fear. And that's exactly what my, my life mission is, is to help people walk with fear, not in spite of it, with it, because who we are with fear dictates who we really are, who we are when it's comfortable. That's not who we really are. Who we really are is what we're capable of with fear. Wow. That is like the biggest truth bomb ever. I, oh gosh, I love that. I feel like I cannot wait, number one, to go back and listen to this and write all the notes because I'm like, oh man, I need a notebook right here. I need to write notes. Gosh, this is so good. Okay, so what do you feel or why do you feel so many women tend to not achieve their goals and kind of not push towards like past their ceiling? Like they just kind of, they're mediocre. They don't want to see what they're capable of. Is it fear? What is it? It's always fear. When you don't know how to have a relationship with fear, you think fear is a problem. I can't tell you how many women tell me like, I want to coach with you. I just don't know how. And I'm like, well, then just do it. Yeah, but I don't know how. Well, you just do it. Like you say, yes. Yeah, but how am I going to make the money? That's not your job to figure that out now. The whole point is you're afraid now. You say yes now. You figure it out later. That's what I'm here for. I, you hire me to show you how to make the money. You don't make the money, then hire me. That doesn't make any okay. sense. And obviously, if you've never made a penny in your life, I may not be the first coach that you want to hire. You want to start with a coach that'll get you to a certain level first. But when someone is the one who pulls you and something is the thing that pulls you, you got to trust your fear. I've really found that fear is that sweet spot between like, I want this and I've never done it before. If there was just something you'd never done before, but you didn't want it, you would not be afraid. Like I've never, I've never eaten a bug but I don't feel anxiety or stress when I think of that because I have no desire to. Right. You know, um, if it's something like I've never, or if it's something like I've done it before and it really matters to me, like I've spoken on a stage before, um, and, and it does matter to me, but I've done it before. Then the stress isn't there either. So the fear is like the next level. Like I haven't done this. I don't know how to do it. And I've never done it before. And in that moment you have two choices. You respond to the fear like most people do, which is like, ah, I've never done this before. Obviously, that's why I'm afraid. Or you look your fear straight in the face because the fear is just like this, like danger, danger. This is uncharted territory. You have never been here before. And you just go, I know. But I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's going to be like follow it. The fear is the thing that's telling you this is where you want to go because it's scaring the daylights out of you. Like, this is where you want to go. Follow the fear. Walk with fear. If every time the fear shows up, you walk in the opposite direction, there is no way you're getting to where you want to go because the fear is lining it. So you're either following it and walking with it or you're walking opposite to it and then you don't grow. We can have comfort or growth, but there's no comfort in growth. It's like if you're cozy, you're sitting down. Exactly. Exactly. And that is so true. I mean, even when it came to hiring my coach, um, Autumn, who I love and adore so much, but, and I know you love and adore her too. Um, I, it was the same thing. And she just kept saying like, you cannot, you do not have to know the how, like if this is what you are feeling and you you feel it in your gut, you feel it in your soul, like it's there for a reason and you just have to trust. And I kept saying, I don't understand that. Like I have to be in control of this. And she kept saying, no, you don't. And just, she just kept saying, just trust me. Like you have to trust and just know that this is fear. And once you walk through it, you're going to see what you're capable of. And just once I walked through that fear, I was like, whoa, like I'm a badass. Like I just walked through this and then then something else comes along and then you learn how to walk through it. Eat. I feel like once you've walked through it, it becomes a little bit, not easier. It's never easy to walk through fear, but you just kind of tend to you look at it differently with a different perspective. Like, okay, I I have seen you before. I feel you. I hear you. I know you're there, but I'm going to choose to keep going and I'm going to choose to see what I'm made of. And that's what I have been. I have learned so much um, working with her because old Mindy would have, 
it's so easy, so much easier to walk away. It's so much easier to say, you know what, this is too hard. Now I'm going to, I'm just not going to do it. And I would have definitely I was the queen of that before, but learning to just face it and just walk through it has been a game changer, game changer for me. So and I think um, the thing of, as a coach, your, your ability to be brave is what gives you the right to coach mm-hmm. because it's your ability to walk with fear. You know, when Autumn hired me, she found out she was pregnant the next day. And I remember she told me on the phone, she was like, I'm ready for a challenge. I'm ready for something to push me. And I was like, perfect. That's going to happen. It's already on the way. And the next day she's like, I need to talk to you. I just found out I'm pregnant. What should I do? Has this ever happened to you before? And I was like, Autumn, I would love, I wish I had recorded yesterday's conversation because you word for word said, I'm ready for a challenge. And who she has been through this pregnancy has blown me away every day. And her business has skyrocketed through this pregnancy where most women would have been like, I'm afraid I'm going to have a baby. I need to stop this whole thing. She pushed through it. She's had more success during this pregnancy, like exponentially more than she's ever had. And now she's like hours away from giving birth to this beautiful baby girl. And she's still taking her clients. She's still doing her things. Like she's a warrior. And because of that, you found your strength. Because of my strength also, because if I would have been like, oh gosh, what if I can't deliver for her? Maybe she shouldn't hire me if she's pregnant. No, I knew she was going to be fine. The same as she knew you were going to be fine. Same as you know, your clients, but our leadership, our strength and our ability to walk with fear gives other people the right to do it too. Absolutely. It just becomes this like ripple effect of, of showing what it's possible. And it starts from like, it really starts from you that ripples down. And I just, I absolutely love it. Um, so, so I feel like fear is the reason is obviously the reason why a lot of people don't see what they're capable of because of that. So I've been speaking with women, a lot of women who work a full-time job and a side hustle. And a lot of people that are listening, that's what they do. Um, and so many people that do this, um, full-time job and side hustle, they, they say that they're too tired and that they're exhausted and everything is impossible and they can't do it all. And you know, they, they come home and they, they're passionate about their side business, but they can't do it because they're too tired from their full-time job and all of these things. And they're not doing the things that they want. They're not making the money that they want. They're not making the goals that they want what's your take on this? Because I feel like it's just like it, it, it's all about pushing limits in the same sense. Like I feel like they're not pushing their limits. They're not seeing what they're capable of. And I, and I try to speak on that. And what, what do you think on that? Well, I think the biggest thing here is that this is available to everybody, but not everyone will take it. True. And you know, the clients I work with, they have so many, they would have so many excuses, like really good ones, you know, excuses that would like make people not even be able to say anything. Like, oh gosh, you're right. You couldn't do this. And they don't let that stop them. So the bottom line is whatever is the story you tell is the story. Whatever story you're going to tell, you're right. So you go to a job you don't like, and then you don't have energy when you come home. So you can't have your business. You're right. What do you want to be right about though? Because I can also show you 10 people who've got the exact same circumstances as you do and who are killing it. So you're right, but do you want to be? Like what what does it boil down to? Because when I was living in my car and I didn't have a penny, that would have been a perfect excuse not to buy that coaching program. And when I didn't even have, like I had a, I had a front seat to sleep in, work in, like there was nothing else except for a car. I started a business there. If you can't do it because you don't have the right office space or you don't have the right tools or you don't have the right social media or you don't have, you know, that, that goes through the, to the garbage. It doesn't matter. Or you don't have money to make a website. You don't have money for a photo shoot. I even have a website when I, I still don't have a website. I've grown my business to six figure months. I don't even have a website. What, like, what are the excuses and saying, could, is it really true that this actually makes it impossible? Or am I just declaring that it makes it impossible for me? And if you can at least be honest with yourself and say, I know that other people do it, but I don't want to, then at least say that. But don't go around pretending that you can't have what you want because you're tired. People are tired. Don't say you can't have whatever you want because it's not convenient. For a lot of people, it's not convenient. So you've got to just decide to be a next level person from the person you are. Like, What's the next level? And you can stay in the situation you're in all your life too. And there's nothing wrong with that, but not because you couldn't, because you didn't. Those are two very different things. Mm. 
That is so true. And I always say too, like when I hear I don't have enough time, it goes to the same thing. Well, I mean, we all, I have the same 24 hours in a day that Oprah Winfrey has or Tony Robbins has. Like I have these same 24 hours in the day. It just depends on how I choose to spend them. And if it's important to me, if it's really, truly important to me, then I'm going to make it happen. If it's really something that's going to light you up, I try to, I mean, then why aren't you making it happen? I mean, I, I work a full-time job. I do all of this on the side. Like, but when I come home from work, I may be exhausted from giving my energy all day long to 21 kindergartners. But when I come home, like I am so passionate about what I do that I make it happen. Like I show up because I want to, not because I have to, not because it's just because I want to, because this, this is what I want and this is what lights me up. So it's not the fact that I don't have time. I have the same amount of time that everybody else does when they get home. So I just, that's where I'm always like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? That that makes you the perfect leader for your tribe. Because if this is the women who are listening, it's like, if Mindy can do it, you can do it. And that's just it. And that's just all. And so it is like, you can do it, you can do it. So you can you get to just choose. You can, but are you going to or not? Because as your audience woo-woo a little bit, or if I say something out there, is people are going to be like, what? Yes, you can go ahead and say it. So I truly am starting to understand that time does not actually exist in the way we think it does. So it was a man-made thing. We created time as a concept to help us do more with our life. Somehow, now we use time as an excuse for doing less with our life, which doesn't make sense. Because if you imagine a life before time, it would be like, I'll meet you here in five minutes didn't exist. Mm. Or like, well, at 8am doesn't exist. So we created time to help us, but time at the very source of things doesn't exist. And like anything that's relative doesn't exist. Like, how can I say, if you don't have a clock, unless you're counting, how do you know it's been five minutes? Right. Because five minutes, if you're just sitting in a doctor's office waiting for your name to be called, feels like a day. And five minutes when you told your boyfriend you'd be ready in five minutes feels like 32 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So what is time it is it's not actually real. So when you say I don't have time, it doesn't work. What it really is, is alignment. When you align with something, it happens in a moment. You know, I don't have time. People say I'm running out of time. I, I've got this, this launch. It was two weeks and now there's only one day left to the launch and I haven't filled it out. One day is endless time. How long does it take for a person to say yes and buy something? Instant. An instant. Yeah. So what if 20 people decided to use that same instant to say yes? How long did it take for you to make 20 sales? Exactly. An instant. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with time. We put the time into the equation. And because we believe that time is needed, because we believe that time is a part of it, we make it a part of it. But we are actually the ones inviting time into the equation because it's not necessary. Manifestation happens based on alignment, not time. You get paid for your alignment, not your time, always. But because we think we're making it about time, we make it about time. It's crazy. Oh, man, that is so good. I love that you said that. It's like time, just we create the stress of time. We create that. That is not, I mean, oh, my gosh. And when I've said this before, like when you are in alignment, and I've seen this to be true for myself, that's when everything just magically lines up and you see it like it, it's not about time. It's nothing to do with time. Um, it just becomes effortless and things just start to, once you get into that true alignment and your soul's purpose and what you should be doing, like things really just automatically line up and I've seen it happen and it has nothing to do with, I have to do this for X amount of time in order for it to happen. Yeah. It happens on its own. It does. And people tend to only use the excuse of time for things they don't want to do. Because I've never heard anybody say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have time to finish this Netflix episode. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, I don't have time to sit in front of the TV when I'm done with my day of work. People don't say that unless they're using it to build their life and their business. But they, people sit in front of their TV. They, they, they sit on the toilet. 
I'm not even joking. Like, have you ever been in the, the lineup at the bathroom stall for women? And you're like, you're no longer peeing and you're just sitting, you are on your phone in the bathroom stall. Like, they're just peeing on the phone. Like, what are you doing? And you complain you have no time. You're on Facebook, on the toilet. This is one of the most efficient life activities there is on the planet. And you're bringing social media into the equation. Pee and then let's go. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like you're in the bath, you're on your phone. You're on the toilet, you're on your phone. You're sitting on the couch, you're scrolling through Facebook. You're watching TV, you're on your phone. Like you think you, you'd worry about time then, but no, it doesn't matter then. At those moments, you can fill your time with whatever suits you. But when something needs to be done, you'll blame it on time immediately. That doesn't make sense. Mm. And our biggest relationship to time is what we think about it. Not even when we experience it. How much time is it going to take me? How long does it take me to do the laundry? In my mind, it takes me 30 minutes. In actual, in actual fact, it takes me three minutes to put the laundry in and four minutes to fold it. But the time I thought about it, I could have done the laundry. We waste time thinking innovation at the speed of thought. It just kills your time. So just start doing, take action, do things, and then adapt and do things and then adapt and do things and then adapt. Stop thinking about it. Time is only there when you make it there. And the best way to make it there is to think about it and talk about it. Mm. That brought me to, made me think when you said the whole social media scrolling and all of that kind of stuff and how much time in reality we do waste. Yes. A lot of times if you're showing up on social media for your business, you have to spend some time on social media. That is a case. I understand that. And I am the same way. I mean, I have to do that. Um, and that's, but I enjoy spending my time there for my business. Um, however, um, my husband and I recently got the new iPhones and they come, you know, programmed where it gives you your weekly update and it just gives it, it gives it to you every Sunday. And so we both got them this morning at the same time. And it was a little bit nauseating when you realize when you, when they put it to put it in numbers, like how much actual time you spent on there. And I'm like, I want to know what other people, because I know what I'm doing on my phone. Majority of the time I'm doing it for a reason but there is still that mindless scrolling. I mean, when you've got nothing to do or my husband's watching football and I don't want to watch football and I'm sitting on the couch with him, I'm probably scrolling and it probably isn't the best thing to do with my time. And I think a lot of people do that. And I would love to see when someone says, I don't have the time, let's look at the usage on your social media scrolling because it scares me. Like when I look at it, sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> it's crazy. It really is. So I love that you mentioned that. Seven minutes there, 11 minutes here, two minutes there, six minutes here, five minutes there. And the big thing in all this is you're allowed to do whatever you want. I'm on social media a lot. I built my entire business on it. I don't even have a website. Everything I do is on social media, but I never complain that I don't have time and then be stuck on my social media scrolling. That's the combination that's lethal. It's like, do you not have time or are you choosing something different? Got to empower yourself. I don't have time means this is happening to me. I'm choosing not to, that's, that's your own empowerment. Like you're allowed to live your life the way you want. And if scrolling through Facebook makes you happy, more power to you. But if the reason you're not building a business is because you don't have time and you've spent three hours on social media today, I don't buy it. No, no, I totally agree. Or if you're laying there long enough for Netflix to ask you if you're still watching, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, like when I, if I have ever, when I reach that level, I'm kind of like, I look around like, mm, okay, no, that's my cue to get up. Like that's, if I ever get to that point, I'm like, yeah, that's my cue. It's time to go. <laughs> but, um, that's hilarious. So what these women um, listening to this today, obviously, ultimately time aside, they want to make more money. Yeah. Point blank they want to make more money. What are some tips to help, to help someone in this season? And it may or may not be someone who's also saying that time is an excuse. So let's put time aside. They are wanting to make more money in their side business. What is your tips for them to help, help, um, start making some steps in this? So the only reason I can be so blunt, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't always used to be so blunt. I'd usually take a lot more time to be very cute and fluffy and sparkly. But what I realized, if I only have one hour or not even 30 something minutes to talk to your audience and to make an impact on people who are wanting to make more money, I'm going to be really honest. And I'm going to say what I wish people had told me when I was letting myself get in my own way. 
this is the truth. You are not paid for your time. You are paid for your value. If you are not being paid for your value, it's because you are not bringing value to the world. If you are not doing something with your life that people would look at and say, I want that, then that's how you make more money. Go be a more valuable person. What does that look like? If it even means you need to read more books to learn more, to know more, if you need to go do, you know, um, work, like go, what's the, what's the name in English? I'm thinking of the French word. Um, when you give your time for free, what's that called in English? Like pro bono? Yeah. Like, like if you want to go and help, you know, it's Chris, Christmas is coming. The holidays are coming. Go give your time. Go learn a lesson. Play with your kids. Be there. Learn stuff about life. Learn stuff about yourself. Decide you want to be more. Learn lessons and then teach lessons. Be the kind of person that when you start speaking, people want to listen. You do that, you will make more money. You don't get to just make more money no matter how many hours you put in. And if time, regardless of having time or not having time, there are people on, if, if time were the thing, people on welfare would be millionaires. It's not about time. It's about what do you do with your life that people wish they could have? Your value as a human being. Are you really valuing your life? Are you doing something with your life that you're proud of? And if the answer is yes, then talk about it. And if the answer is no, then get on it because that's how you make more money. Be the kind of person people want to listen to. That's how you do it. Oh my goodness. Gosh, that was so good. Man, I love that you're not, you said that you don't sugarcoat it. And I mean, I love that you're blunt. That That's exactly what I love to hear. I, I, I just love straight into the point. So thank you for that. And I, I know that listeners will be, will um, connect to that as well. Um, <clears throat> so kind of shifting gears a little bit from that, when it comes to pushing limits again, um, what are some other ways that you can say, like someone might push the limits, like when it comes to a vacation or a time off, like for, it could be, you know, they want to quit their job or whatever the case may be. Like, what is the connection between like just pushing those limits of taking a vacation or, I mean, I'm trying to, trying to think of a scenario here, but a connection between those. So I think the biggest thing is if you want more, if you want more time freedom, then honor the time that you have free now. Mm. For example, if I am working 40 hours a week and I imagine my life will be better when I don't work 40 hours a week, that means I imagine that my time will be better spent. Well, what am I doing with the time I have off now? Because 40 hours is not all the hours of a week. So when you're off, are you just stressed, miserable, exhausted, and not doing anything? Or are you maximizing your life so much outside of those 40 hours that somehow the universe goes, flip this, she's more valuable without the job? Hmm. You've got to maximize what you've got. When you do go on vacation, whether you are a millionaire or whether you are broke, your job is to be the happiest person you possibly can be. Because the universe is constantly responding to your emotions. It is, that's why the lot like positive thinking doesn't work. It's positive feeling. If you think positive thoughts that make your brain call BS on it, it doesn't, it's not going to take you anywhere. Like I am a millionaire. Bullshit. That's not going <laughs> to make manifest, you know, right. Manifest in a way, or you got to think about things in a way that gets you feeling excited and happy. So your emotions are what manifest your vibrations are very tied into your senses and your emotions. So your goal is to raise your emotional scale raise your emotional feelings. So when you're on a vacation, even though it's not the most luxurious thing in the world, go find the most luxurious parts. Go take a picture of the most beautiful thing. Don't notice the kids that are screaming. Notice the most beautiful people on the beach. Don't notice the, the little scrapes on the wall. Notice the beautiful furniture. Focus on what's beautiful. Call it in. Make sure you have an outstanding experience. Elevate what you've got and you will get more. If when you get beauty, you don't acknowledge it, you will see less and less of it. If when you see beauty, you attach to it, you celebrate it, you say to the universe, yes, more of this. Oh my gosh, it feels so good. I love being on vacation. This is amazing. This feels so good. That's when you're going to attract more of it. So learn to be the best version of you during the times you want to call more in from. If you want more time off, then during the time off you have now be amazing. You want more vacations while you're on vacation, be amazing. Don't go to Cuba or some place that's cheap and wish you were somewhere else and fight with your boyfriend the whole time because you should have booked somewhere else. Universe won't send you another trip for a long time. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. what you're doing that you want. Make sure that you are 
soaking in all the juice, the magic. So the universe says, send more this way. It's, this is what's wanted. You attract more of what you, you love. Amen. Okay. So you said celebration and I know that you are the queen of celebration <laughs> and like anchoring in the moments. Can you tell me, or can you tell the listeners, because I have learned the art of celebration and the, through autumn, just like that beautiful ripple effect, because I would have never celebrated anything. And she would in the, at one point she laid out for me on a call and, and I, she laid out for me, like, let me tell you what you have done. And she just said all of these things. And it, it was like almost, it was an outer body experience for a second for me, because if I didn't take that moment right there with her and she didn't point those out for me, I could have just passed them by without taking that, without just really anchoring it in and knowing like, whoa, I have really done something instead of, and not recognizing that. So what is, tell us about celebrating anchoring in those moments and why you feel like it's so, so important to do. So this is one of the things that took me honestly from living in my car to creating what I've done is that every little good thing that came, I celebrated. It's so easy to focus on what doesn't work. The people who shine brightest are the people who see the beauty in the world. And I realized that really early on because as soon as I could see what was beautiful, my life shifted just a little bit. And then I celebrated that little shift and my life shifted a little more. And then I celebrated that shift and my life shifted a little more. And then I celebrated that shift and my life shifted a little more. And how I looked at other people around me was like they had bad things happen and they, they focused on the shit and then life shit on them a little more. And it was like I was shifting and they were getting shit on. And it was so funny because all the difference was I focused on the shift and they focused on the shit. That was the only difference between a life that's going in the right direction and a life that feels like it's going. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Yes. So for me, I learned in a lot of books that gratitude is the key. Gratitude is the key. You've got to be grateful. You've got to be grateful. Well, I didn't get that really. Because it's hard to be grateful when your situation is crap, when you're in a bad place. Like, what am I supposed to be grateful for? But what I realize is that celebration is a party thrown in the name of gratitude. You celebrate your gratitude. That's what you're celebrating. I'm celebrating that I signed a client. I'm so grateful that I signed a client, but I'm celebrating that. I'm so grateful that my husband and I made it five years of marriage. I'm going to celebrate that. I'm so grateful that this happened. I'm celebrating that. A lot of people believe that celebration is like tooting your own horn and not being humble. I completely disagree. You're not just celebrating yourself. You're celebrating the gratitude for what has happened. You're celebrating your divine connection with the universe and what you've been able to pull in because of who you are. And if you don't take the time to do that, then you're not screaming at the top of your lungs, yes, please, more of this, which is the one signal the universe needs to send more. People who celebrate receive more always. People who celebrate receive more always. If you think of in your life, like the top person you love to give to, it's the person with the best reaction when you give. The universe works exactly the same way. Have the best possible reaction when you receive, the universe will give you more. Send your emotions into overdrive. Compound your feelings because we tend to compound negative feelings. You know, like I'm upset and then I'm mad that I'm upset. And I'm disappointed that I'm mad that I'm upset and that I'm mad that I'm disappointed that I'm upset, that I'm mad at being disappointed of being mad that I'm upset. Right. So I'm just like, you can do that with joy. Like I'm excited and I'm so happy that I'm excited and I'm grateful that I'm happy and that I'm excited and I'm ecstatic that I'm grateful that I'm happy that I'm excited. Like, can you compound that and celebrate the joy of being grateful? Like there's so much in there when you start to focus on what works and this all happens in action. Take action and celebrate. Take action and celebrate. Take action and celebrate. And you are building chains. You're building, you're linking chains together that will take you exactly where you want to go. Just do it and then celebrate it. Do it and celebrate it. Do it and celebrate it. Do it and anchor it. Do it and anchor it. Do it and anchor it. It It will change your entire life. Mm. Oh my goodness. And I have seen this um, happen in my life since I've learned to do this. And it's something that I would have, I, I, I would say, Oh, I'm celebrating, but I never really, but I never took the time to celebrate the small things either. So, and when, for the, those who are listening, when you're saying take action, celebrate, take action, celebrate, 
when you mean celebrate, can it, do you mean it in, it can be an array of things. It could be that you're going to create this experience and you're going to anchor in the moments during that experience, like whether it be a massage or getting your nails done or getting your hair blown out, whatever it is. Or is it just, I'm going to have this dance party right here and I'm going to celebrate and be super excited and say, thank you more, please. What is it that you're, what is celebration whenever you say that? I actually think it's fun to think of new ways to celebrate always and keep it fresh. Like I will literally, sometimes I'll be sitting with Kevin and he'll just start dancing and I'm like, did you get a new client? And he's like, yes. <laughs> like he will just have a dance party in the middle of the living room. Like that, that's just him dancing because there's something to celebrate. You know, I'll sing. I'll, if it's just a little thing, I'll, I'll celebrate the little things. Maybe don't need a huge cha champagne toast. Maybe they just need like a little happy dance and a high five and a Facebook live and a happy post, or I'm going to go get my nails done to anchor in the moment. Like anything that comes to mind, like what do I want to do? to celebrate this, to show my gratitude towards this? What do I wanna to do to show my gratitude towards this? Celebrate the small things because one day you will realize they were the big things. Like this is basically what it is. You start with the small things because they were what make the big things. And if you wait for the big things to come by waiting and waiting, you're gonna wait for a long time. Right. Because we compound celebration. The more you celebrate, the more there is to celebrate. The more you complain, the more there is to complain about. It's just the way it works. So celebrate. Like your life depends on it. Like your joy depends on it. Right. And for those that, that are listening too, like obviously when you're celebrating and these great things are happening, you're celebrating the small things and the big things does not mean that something super shitty can't happen in your life. Can totally happen. Something bad can happen. But it doesn't mean that you have to just... So how, how would you say to respond to that? Say something bad happens in your life, but you're, but you are a celebrator. You celebrate all the things. How do you, how would you tell someone who's new to this to shift their mindset and maybe try to figure out how can they not just get stuck in that, you know, why me pity me instead of figuring out how to look at things in a grateful or a different manner. So there's always three ways of being that are available in every situation. Mm -hmm. there's optimistic pessimistic and realistic and in the big scheme of things it's, it sounds great to be an optimistic people an optimistic person but if you don't actually believe the things you're saying it doesn't work so for example let's say you lose a client okay so it's like the pessimist says oh my gosh I lost the client and all my clients are gonna quit mm -hmm. The optimist says this was meant to be I was meant to lose this client I was never meant to have her in the first place and it doesn't matter and the realist says, I lost a client. What did I learn? Mm. And I think it's the most important thing is to look like things will happen. And it's not, if you take it into a downward spiral, that's your choice. If you prefer to ignore it completely and make some story about it and never need to look at it because you want to stay high vibe and you're afraid of feeling bad, go for that. But if you're able to actually look at what happened and say, okay, so this bad thing happened. So what did I learn? What worked about this whole situation? You know, I had a client, she paid me for three months. I made the money. This was good. This was good. This was good. What didn't work? I didn't have a contract. She left before the end of the contract. Uh, she didn't like this or that. Okay, perfect. What do I want to do differently? What did I learn? This perfect. And then you go and you celebrate that you are strong emotionally and you go and anchor in all your other clients. You take a moment to think about all the other clients you have. You send them love and you say, thank you for being in my life. And you move on. That makes so much sense. Like, I love it because there's so easy that you can be to just be like, oh, just shift right into that pessimistic mode. And it's sometimes it's easier to be in that victim state than it is to be grateful or trying to find, okay, what did I learn from this lesson? So I think that is something very valuable that the listeners can take away. Um, hmm. I hope that these listeners had a notebook and... <laughs> pin for this episode. If not, you need, you need to go back and re-listen. So I wanted to, what I like to do at the end of my podcast episodes is kind of shift away because I could literally talk to you all day and <laughs> obviously that can't happen. So um, I always like to just kind of go into these random three questions to kind of get our topic off of what we've been talking about because it was so much juicy goodness and I could talk about it forever, but we're going to end the episode with three really random questions that are totally like silly and off the wall. But the first question is, what is your favorite word? 
Okay, I swear I just got off a podcast where the girl asked me the exact same question, and the word that came to my head is delicious. Ooh. And I've been thinking about it even after I got off the podcast. I was like, that is such a good word. Because I feel that it can work in so many different contexts. And I love a delicious life. I'm in for a delicious life. So that's my favorite word. I love it. <laughs> so delicious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So next question. <laughs> and you can't say it with a, you have to smile when you say delicious for sure. Yeah. Gotta um, show all your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you guys could see her. <laughs> um, okay. So next question is what is your favorite sound? Mm. My favorite sound. I love the sound of silence. I don't hear it a lot. Mm-hmm. My, my, my parents listen to music all the time. I, I'm always listening to clients. I'm always listening to all kinds of things. Whenever I'm present to the sound of silence, I usually get some sort of a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. I love the sound of silence. You know, that's funny that you say that. And I will throw this in there that I usually, um, well, because of my full-time job, it's obviously not silent ever. I have 21 kids around me all the time, so it's never silent. But when I get in my car after work, I usually just ride in the silence and that's like my favorite time. And I usually ride home in the silence. Um, and a lot of times that's when I get like these ideas or divine downloads of things that I want to create or like, why haven't I done this? Like things come through whenever I am just driving in the silence. So I totally agree. And I will tell you my top four sounds after that are the sounds of water either like waves or rain my mm -hmm. the sound of crunching leaves under my feet the mm -hmm. sound of wind or the sound of crippling fire like that sound oh, that was a good sound effect right there <laughs> you did a good job <laughs> <laughs> yes okay last question um like bedroom car or your desk which one do you clean first okay so i'm a digital nomad Mm-hmm. Which means I don't have a bedroom and I don't have a desk. So it would have to be the car because I basically that's that's basically where I'm in all the time. So I would have to be the car. Awesome. Okay. Well gosh, this was so good. I loved this whole episode. I cannot wait to go back and re-listen myself, <laughs> but thank you so much for being here and taking this time out of your day to come speak on the podcast. I know that there's so many listening that got so much information from you and I just am so honored and blessed to have you on here. I am so happy. Thank you for asking me on. I loved this. It flew by and thank you so much for having me. Yes. Well, thank you guys for listening and you will see me in the next episode.